0: So Matthew chapter 24, starting at verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, you see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the close of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, for the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, Will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We're going to stop there. So, we're in these uh, chapters of Matthew, and Jesus has been telling us uh, what's to come. Uh, He's already been telling us lots of what's to come in his own life um, to the disciples, so about his death and his resurrection. But here he tells us what they are to expect uh, at the very end of all things, um, and we're going to be looking at those verses together. Jesus speaks of two different events. We saw that at the end of chapter 23 uh, in verses 30, 37, uh, 38 and 39, sorry. Jesus speaks of the house becoming desolate, which is the temple in Jerusalem. And he also speaks about um, him coming. Uh, You will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Jesus is speaking about two events at the same time. One of them is the imminent destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which was unheard of. They're standing right there in Jerusalem. That temple was stood for ages. And you'll see in verse 1 of chapter 24 that Jesus left the temple... And was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the beauty of it of the buildings, and Jesus says, "You will see all these things truly, I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down so that 's the first event Jesus speaks of it 's going to happen pretty soon, and in fact, it did happen within their lifetime from this moment. The temple would be destroyed, Rome would put their foot down on Jewish rebellion. And they would absolutely bring it to the ground. And yet the other event he's speaking of is his return. And well, I don't know about you, but that hasn't happened yet. Has it? He hasn't returned. So that's the other event that Jesus is speaking of. What we find confusing, and the disciples found confusing, is that Jesus speaks of both with exactly the same urgency. So it's almost like he's... Urgent about both, just as urgent about both. This chapter is full of him using words like then and immediately that convey this kind of urgency. And we, like the disciples, are desperate to know timings. When? That's what they ask, isn't it, in verse three. They come to him privately saying, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of them happening? When? When, Jesus? When is it going to happen? Tell us. And what will be the signs that it's going to happen? What are we to look out for? Jesus doesn't give timings. He doesn't say, here's the date. But he does say, not yet. We're going to see that. He tells them of things that will happen before the very end. Signs to look out for that it may be approaching. And we're going to look at those in a moment. But when we look at them, we've got to resist the urge to put them as a long chain of unbroken events. Because then we're going to try and think, if we can only work out what happens next, then we can predict when Jesus is coming back. Lots of people have tried to do that. So you can think of some, I actually was on a scout camp or a cub camp in a woodlands in these... 2000 and whenever, where someone predicted the end of the world. Anyway, I was cuddling up in this little shelter that I'd made myself, which I knew wasn't wasn't all that trustworthy. Um, And and I was thinking, so everyone then started chatting about the fact that this guy had made an end-of-world prediction that night. You can imagine me as a 10-year-old, sort of like, (laughs) if only someone had told me this back then, I wouldn't have needed to be worried. People have done that. They've made predictions. We can either learn from their failure or we could simply listen to Jesus. Who says that no one knows the day or hour of his coming. They just don't. No one knows the the day or hour. Or we could look at Jesus' parables at the end of this chapter. Which all feature a sudden and unexpected return. So predictions speculation about when he's coming they don't count for anything really others have taken Jesus' talk of urgency here as meaning that he expected to return soon but got it wrong Jesus was expecting it's going to happen soon and it didn't happen but again you only have to read Jesus' parables to see that all four of them feature a considerable delay there's quite a bit of time and, that, and that's what actually allows for what Jesus is going to warn us against here, which is fake news ideas about his return. Or thinking that it's never going to happen. So that's the delay is already predicted by Jesus. So let's look at those two things um, that people say. Jesus speaks with urgency, though, because he wants us to be ready. We need to be ready for his return. Any details he gives us are for our preparation and not for speculation. So, first of all, don't believe those who say it's now. When it comes to Jesus' return, don't believe those who say it's now. Let's read from verse uh, 4 of chapter 24. See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes. All these are about the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray and because lawlessness will be increased the love of many will grow cold the first danger of delay is this people cutting in making capitalizing on the on the delay by coming up with their own take on it on when Jesus is going to return so people can can do that because there's a delay. And so there are, will be people who come and say, we know when Jesus is going to return. Or even that he's returned already. Or I am the Christ. You know, some people will say that. We, we, can hit, we can think, can't we, there are plenty of cults and religious groups that might exploit that. Um, and actually they do, and they gain big traction and a huge following. Because people buy into it. Uh, Me and uh, the War kids were having this conversation a few weeks back. But I guess it's not just cults that do that. I was imagining with Hannah, my wife, about how many people would believe Kanye West if he told people to worship him and that he was somehow a God figure. You know, there's immense power, isn't there, in celebrity status. So it's not just cults that do that. So, these are the things that Jesus is telling them about. Um, The the delay will allow for people to come in and say, uh, it's now. (laughs) And yet Jesus says, no, it's not yet. It is coming, but it's not yet. Jesus says plainly, clearly, many, many times here, do not believe them. Don't believe them. In fact, you don't even need to investigate them. In verse 23... Let's read that. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders so as to lead you astray, if possible, even the elect. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. You don't need to investigate. You don't need to go out and think, Is that that really true? Shall I go and investigate whether it's true? Plainly for the reason that Jesus says in verse 27. Jesus says, as the lightning comes from east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. So you can guarantee that every claim and every false claim that has been made about the end of the world... Uh, you don't even need to investigate it to know it's wrong. Because it will be seen by everyone. Jesus' return will be seen by everyone. There's not going to be any missing out on it. As the lightning shines from east to west, it's just going to light up the sky. And everyone's going to see it. So the delay might not be expected. And people might, uh, will try to lead them astray. But Jesus gives some indicators that will feature before that day. Should we have a look at them? Um, they're there on your sheet, uh, just under not there yet, the beginning of birth pains. That's just to show that there's twice Jesus says it's not yet. It's only the beginning. And he tells them to look out for A landmarks. Three things that you can look out for um, that will give some indication or some Uh, indication that actually these are the last days we're living in and that Jesus' return uh, is coming. Um, So they're there in verses 9 to 12. And their first one's attack. So Christians will increasingly be treated badly. That's what Jesus says will happen. He says that to the disciples and they were. He says that the apostasy, uh, which is basically the word for people giving up their belief, (laughs) Or what they said they believed about um, the Bible. Um, and the third one is antichrists. So these will be people who actually take the place in the temple and, and get people to worship them. Instead of God. So it's, 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 it's the sign um, that Jesus says uh, will be increasingly so um, before his return. So these are landmarks. You imagine a long car journey with kids. That's not too hard, is it, to imagine we all know the question that's bound to come up. What is it? Thank you. And it, it's going to come up again and again and again, isn't it? I mean, that's the point. The parents know exactly how long there is left, but the children come up with their own ideas. L- Little one is prematurely screaming, we're there, we're there, we're there. But the older one is saying, we're never going to get there. You see the difference? One of them is saying, we're there, we're there, we're there. And the other one is saying, we're going to get there. The parent might turn to the younger one and say something like, Alfie, the place, uh, to the older one, sorry, and, and say, Alfie, the place where we're going is near the coast. So I want you to look out for these landmarks that show we're getting closer seagulls, people eating ice creams, and where else do you see by the beach? Uh, people in swimming suits. Don't imagine that. Um, These are the landmarks to look out for. Likewise, in these verses, Jesus gives his disciples key markers, three things, that will be a constant and increasing feature of the last days that we're in. So the thing is to see, if you see these things, which I think you will in the world today, they're to tell us that Jesus' return is coming. Uncomfortable as they are, they are signs to us of Jesus' return. So Jesus says the three things, uh, let's read them in verses, uh, what does it say? Uh, 9 to 12, let's read them. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, that's number one. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, that's number two. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray, that's number three. So these are the three A's three landmarks, three things that if you see that consistently and in, in increasing measure, uh, you can be sure that Jesus' uh, return uh, is, is approaching. And remember, these are not for our speculation. These are just for our preparation. What does it mean for us to be ready for Jesus to return? So the, pres- the presence in our world of the persecuted church, false prophets... And mass apostasy, people turning from the faith, are signs that these are last days we're living in. Jesus is going to return. Don't believe those who say it's now, it's not yet. These are the things that are going to happen. So that's the first danger people cutting in and claiming to be the Christ or know where he is all the time of his coming. You don't need to believe them, they're false. Because we, don't, we will all be witnesses to his coming. Plain and simple, you don't need to investigate any further. But there's another opposite fake news idea about the future. And that's our second point. Don't be those who say, it will never come. It's the opposite, isn't it? The first one was don't believe those who say it's now. Don't be those who say, it will never come. And we see that in verses 32 to 42. Let's read them together. Let's read from verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Don't be those who say it will never come. Uh, Sorry, let's carry on reading. But concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage... Until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Jesus spends more of his answer, and we'll see this next week uh, when we tackle chapter 25. He spends more of his answer for them exploring this temptation of saying oh, it's been too long it'll never come more, more time explaining this than the first and that's because I think it's the more widespread of the two ask people ask anyone what do you think of the return of Jesus it's just, it's just not going to come is it like, that's, that's just made up It's not true. So there's there's lots of people, and us included, who would say, it's just not going to come. Life is just going to continue as it always has done. Let's eat, drink, and switch on our favourite TV show. As I've said already, a considerable delay features in each of the four parables Jesus is going to tell from verse 43 onwards, uh, from where we just finished. And so in each of those parables are those who are not ready for it. There's a considerable delay. And in each of those parables, people are just not ready for it. And Jesus starts that idea here, doesn't he? He, When he introduces the talking about Noah and the flood. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And he says that there will be people eating and drinking... Marrying and giving giving in marriage until the day when he returns, just as they were doing when Noah entered the ark. They were unaware until the flood came, and so will it be when he returns. So don't be those who say it will never come. Learn the lesson, Jesus says in verse 32 from the fig tree. What's the lesson of the fig tree? You don't have to be into horde culture. Jesus explains what what it is. Uh, As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, that's a sign. Jesus has given us signs to look out for. As soon as you see the signs, you know that summer is near. Jesus says, when you see the signs, the three signs he's just given us, you know that his coming is near. You know that he is near at the very gates. So be ready. Don't be those who say it will never come. He is coming. But in verse 36, Jesus refers to the activities of people who, when they are unaware of his coming. And he says that as it was then, so it will be. So the question is for us, it's clear, isn't it? It's simply, am I ready for Jesus to return? That brings us to our final point getting ready. Which is taking Jesus at his word without delay. Be ready, take Jesus at his word. And don't listen to everyone else, but do listen to Jesus when he tells us about these things. If we, uh, back in verse 8, Jesus said that these things, these signs, are the beginning of birth pains. Along with that, he spoke of two other certainties in verses 13 and 14. That we've yet to mention. Let's look at them now. He says this. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. As a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. The the painful things, the difficult things are the beginning of birth pains. (laughs) So there is something good about this that's to come. And Jesus says um, that there is a future to look forward to. The future that comes through him and through the gospel. Through the good news of Jesus, we can enter into it. Uh, We've got a few expectant mums in our church. I'm married to one of them. So this time next year I should be an expert. Maybe. But you don't need to know that uh, to be an expert. To know that birth pains always lead to new birth. And Jesus is saying that the experience now, though painful, is leading to a new birth of a new world. A perfect world where everyone lives under his rule. And that means that sin will no longer bring pain and suffering to it. Nothing will be spoiled. How can we be sure of that? What assurance can Jesus give us of this? Well, in just a week from this moment, Jesus is going to suffer and be put to death. And it will look like all hope in this promised future is dashed. And yet that's precisely the route Jesus has to take, must take, in order to restore sinners like us to God. And his resurrection will prove that the mission was successful. Jesus says that this gospel, the good news that saves people, will spread to the nations. Uh, let's have a think about um, how we might respond to this, uh, to the to the offer or to the to the news he's bringing, uh, the, of the future. Uh, back in uh, where is it? Uh, verse fifteen uh, through to yeah, from verse fifteen. Let's read that. This is how the people were to respond when they heard the judgment coming on Jerusalem. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand that then let those who are in, the, in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the house stop not go down to take what's in his house and let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And the last women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, just such as has, never, has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No and ever will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. So the, clearly the response of the, the, this right when we hear Jesus, his warning of judgment, is to be safe with him. <laughs> to take him seriously on that. To listen to him and to, to act on what he says. That's what the people in Jerusalem did. They, they, forsook, they said, we're going to leave all that other stuff behind. That can't save us. Whatever it is in my life that I'm holding on to and thinking, that's going to be the thing to save me. That relationship, that job, offer, prospects. you know, That's not going to save me. <laughs> When Jesus returns, I have to be safe with him. I'm going to take seriously what he says and flee to safety. That's simply the response uh, that we can have. So, what will we do with his instructions? Well, these three things don't be those, don't believe those who say it's now, just don't have anything to do with that. It can't be because we'll all see it when Jesus returns. Don't be those who say it's never going to come. It will. Jesus will return. The signs show us that it's going to happen. We don't know when, but it will. And get ready. Take Jesus at his word. Well, perhaps you're someone um, who actually is currently being deceived by a group about the end times. Or maybe you're living as if it's never going to happen. Maybe you're one of those people eating and drinking and going about getting married or get, you know, doing that. That would be all of us, wouldn't it, at some point in our lives. And yet Jesus is abundantly loving and abundantly clear. He will return. Only Jesus can convince you of this. That what you're currently thinking is, just isn't true. It would be great to humble yourself to ask him to, to show you. But one big temptation, I guess, is the fear of those who think differently that we've got in our lives already. We just don't want to lose the relationships that we've got with people because they're thinking (laughs) it's not something to be worried about or they're thinking the thing that um, my particular religious group is teaching them. So I don't want to lose those relationships. Uh, But... Isn't it more important to to know for yourself what's true, what's really true? And Jesus is telling us for a reason. He wants us to be ready. Jesus will say more on what it means to be ready. Uh, We've seen the example in our our passage today, but he's going to say more in the parables that will follow this one. Um, You can read them for yourself. Uh, Why not go away and do that? Uh, From verse 45... Onwards into chapter 25 there's four parables that Jesus tells and he's, he's explaining what it means to be ready and we'll look at them next week so why not come with your questions uh, about those, those passages Christians if you're a Christian here today uh, we've just had the changing of the clocks haven't we
1: Yeah.
0: Some of you? No, you're all here, so you must have changed your clocks. Um, We've we've still got ten minutes to see if anyone else arrives. It's really confusing, isn't it, living in two time zones? And this got me thinking. Jesus is giving us one time zone here. Christians have one time zone. These are the last days. These are the last days. We don't know how many days there's going to be. But these are the last days. That's the only time zone that Christians are living in and that everyone's living in. And it really helps us as Christians. It brings everything else into focus for us. Takes away the confusion. Brings into focus and helps us to see clearly what it is we should be doing. How we should be living. Because what do we want to be doing when Jesus returns? We want to be living for Him, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, we want to, to be for others to be ready for the day when He returns. The most appropriate thing to be doing in these last of days is speaking about that coming day, so that others can be ready for it. Let's pray that God would use us to that end this week. Lord Jesus, You will return. You tell us it's not yet, but You don't tell us how long. It will be. And yet you give us clear things... The signs... uh, That we are to see... And when we see them... We are to be thinking... um, That the day might be approaching. And uh, when you return... Every eye will see you... Every knee will bow... Before you. And really there is only... uh, One conclusion... On that day... um, For our lives... Uh, We stand before you either as those who have been rejecting you and turning away from you, as we would naturally do, or we stand as those who have been saved. Thank you that your your firm promise here is that we will be saved um, if we come to you. Please, would you make us ready for that day? Uh, Please, would we not delay our own response, put it off, thinking we might have many more days to come? Please would everyone here be ready for the day when you return. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.